This is the Nourishing Nutrition Podcast, and my name is Eleanor Dooley. I created this podcast to inspire, empower, and advocate for your best self. I combine current nutritional research with the practicalities of living your life, giving you real nutrition talk in bite-sized pieces. Please remember that I am a licensed dietitian nutritionist and certified nutrition specialist. I am not a medical doctor, and by listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you might be having. Hi, everybody. It's Eleanor Dooley, and today I want to talk about estrogen dominance because so many women that come through my practice have a lot of symptoms, and it isn't until we get the testing that we can truly identify what is going on. And one of the biggest things that I see over and over, including in my own testing, is something called estrogen dominance. So I do want to dive in today to what it is, what we can do about it, and how you can find out if you have it. Um, Estrogen dominance can have significant effects on perimenopausal women because this is the time when our hormones are fluctuating naturally. During perimenopause, a woman's ovaries start to produce less estrogen and the body's balance of hormones becomes a little bit wonky because our body's so used to having a certain amount of estrogen made each month in order to ovulate. And then when that starts winding down, things that used to happen don't really happen anymore. And it's during this huge fluctuation time that women feel it most strongly. They feel the symptoms a lot more than they have throughout maybe their 20s and 30s, their childbearing years. So some of the symptoms that identify whether there's a hormone imbalance, meaning there's more estrogen than progesterone being made causing imbalance, are things like irregular periods. So if you experience inconsistent periods, You don't know when it's coming, you're surprised it comes in two weeks and then it doesn't come for six weeks. That's considered irregular. Regular is considered every four weeks-ish. So from 26 to about 30 days, every, every 26 to 30 days, you're experiencing menstruation. So that's one of the big things. The other there, there's seven total. So the second one is weight gain because higher levels of estrogen in the body cause the body to gain more fat, especially around the hips and thighs. This has to do with the body trying to balance the fact that it has a lot of estrogen. And so the brain makes fat to help protect us from these imbalances and to try to help compensate. Mood swings, when we have fluctuations in estrogen, it can lead to irritability, depression, because we aren't really operating under the same chemical balances in our brain that we are used to. So when something changes, the environment changes, something irritates us, we have a short fuse, that fluctuation, whether it's high estrogen, low estrogen, depending on the time of the month, 
that can affect the way that we show up in our lives and how we feel. Another huge one that I have personal experience with is insomnia, difficulty sleeping, difficulty getting to sleep, or that two to three to four to five a.m. wake up that leaves us awake but so so tired, and it's it continues day after day after day and we just kind of learn to adapt and live with it causing us extreme fatigue and overwhelm the reason why insomnia is present is because the body is trying to detox the excess estrogen it's trying to break it down and get it out of the body because the brain recognizes that it the estrogen is no longer being used so it needs to be put out. It needs to be it turned to waste. And when the body tries to do that and it fails, it just keeps recirculating. So during our sleep time, that's our liver's opportunity to do its deep down detox and to get things broken down and out of the body. And when I look at women's detoxification of estrogen, a lot of the time, I can tell from the testing that the body doesn't, the body is not breaking down estrogen well. It's called methylation. And when the body has trouble methylating, then the estrogen cannot get put out of the body. So when that gets backed up, it just keeps recirculating. And then every time your brain goes to get prepared for ovulation, it makes more estrogen. So your body just keeps making it and making it and making it and not being able to effectively break it down and get it out. So when this occurs at two or three o'clock in the morning, it tends to wake us up because we are trying to detox. Our body's not able to. And because of this, it can raise our cortisol, which can wake us up. It can raise our blood sugar, which can wake us up. And then all of a sudden, our brain sort of goes down this path of being able to keep going and um, just thinking of all the things and keeping us awake. And so when we identify the detoxification phase that the liver has to go through to get estrogen out, when we can help the body methylate, then a lot of these problems go away. The estrogen is able to be moved out of the body, especially, this is especially prevalent in women that are constipated because waste in the body has to get out through the urine, the sweat, or stool. And so if we're constipated, we're actually holding on to waste and it is recirculating in our body. And this includes estrogen. So this is another way that our body can hold on to estrogen, even if our brain and ovaries are communicating and saying we are no longer ready for ovulation, we are moving into the perimenopausal transition. Even when that is occurring, if we are not pooping, then we are not getting the used estrogen, which is now toxic, out of the body. Okay, so kind of went on a little bit of a tangent there, but... Um, insomnia and trouble sleeping can be directly related to your body's inability to effectively detox, your liver's ability to get out the trash. 
Next symptom that is very common for women experiencing hormone fluctuations and excess estrogen are things like hot flashes and night sweats. Now, I've had experience with with my mother going through it with my mother-in-law, um, and it's kind of a joke about the hot flashes, right? And the night sweats, we kind of complain about it. We hope we don't get it when we do get it. You know, we, we adjust and we try to just get through it and wish that it would just be over. But the truth of the matter is hormone imbalances causes the, these hot flashes and, and night sweats because the body's not getting the estrogen out. And so just like it causes disturbances in sleep, it is also causing the body to be temporarily inflamed. It's, it's temporarily experiencing trying to detox through the skin, trying to get excessive sweating going so that it can detox. And if the liver's not getting the proper support, the proper nutrients it needs, then your body goes into overdrive. And that's when you see these night sweats. A vaginal dryness is another one that is super common um, because of the hormone fluctuation your body can only make so many hormones at one time it only has so many raw materials laying around and your brain is so intelligent in prioritizing what is important and when we see vaginal dryness and we see drops in libido this can be because the testosterone is low and if all of our efforts are being made to make estrogen and make progesterone the testosterone is kind of on the back burner and that's when we can see these kinds of fluctuations in our our vaginal health breast tenderness is the is the last one and i know i experienced this a lot through um, my menstruating years and i mean currently i'm getting much better because i've improved my methylation but i can always tell when my period's around the corner because i will get that tenderness in that um, breast tissue and so if you experience that it is not a normal balance of hormones that is actually a signal to your body that you have too much estrogen floating around okay now there's a few reasons and i've touched on a few of them but there's a few reasons why we have too much estrogen in our body it's not simply because our our body is wrong or it makes too much by mistake and um what happens is it's a communication issue between the brain and the ovaries and the liver okay so there's a few things that we can do to improve the way our body uses estrogen, the way it detoxes estrogen, and the way things in our life interfere with estrogen. So I'm gonna walk you through the three ways that you can improve your estrogen dominance. If you have one or more of those symptoms that I just mentioned, then you probably have some form of estrogen dominance. Now, what can we do about it? Well, um, first we want to focus on nutrition because what goes into our body is what our hormones are made out of. You are what you eat, right? It's getting the, the nutrients that are needed to make the top notch hormones 
to make sure the communication pathways are open and they're communicating in the right way. So how we want to do this, of course, is to increase fiber because healthy fibers help move the bowels. If you are constipated or if you have have had history of constipation, then most likely you are estrogen dominant simply because the estrogen is not physically removed from your body. It has been recirculating and reabsorbed every time you are constipated. So we can eat more cruciferous vegetables. And that's just a fancy word for things like broccoli, kale, cauliflower. That helps the body have the nutrients needed to do the detox, to sulfate, to have sulfur available to break down estrogen. We want to avoid soy products. Now, I occasionally eat soy if it's organic and it's, you know, tofu or edamame, but for the most part in the agriculture dominated market, soy products are overproduced and they they're not if they're not organic, they have a lot of genetic modifications in them. And the the DNA structure of the soy plant actually is very, very similar to estrogen. So when you consume it, your body can get confused between is this soy or is this estrogen because it looks the same chemically. If you look at the chemical diagrams back in high school chemistry, if you look at the chemical makeup, that is why there's this huge anti-soy scare. And these are products like overproduced soy sauce or soy milk and, and soy ice cream and People that have dairy aversions typically use soy because it's plant-based and that sounds so much better. But the problem is if your body can't distinguish whether it's soy or estrogen, because they have very, very similar chemical makeup, then your brain can mistake it for extra estrogen, creating a massive influx in all of those other symptoms that I said. So if we avoid soy products, then we're actually reducing the way that our body translates the soy into thinking it's estrogen. So that's just kind of an easy way to just avoid. Um, avoiding processed foods. I mean, I, I say this, I think every single day of my life that the chemicals and additives in, in our foods today just simply interfere with our body's natural rhythms in all ways, shapes, and form. So the best thing to do is to avoid them. There's no, you know, digging deeper until you find the healthiest product. Avoiding processed foods is simply the best way to cut down on the interference of understanding our body's estrogen levels. Drinking plenty of water is another great way because we want to flush, 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 right? We want to help our kidneys. We want to help our liver get the estrogen out. And the more that we can flush out the toxins, the easier it is for us to poop, pee, and sweat. And those are the ways that we detox from all of the things that interfere with our hormones, okay? So food, nutrition is always my number one. It's my number one place to start because I believe it's the easiest thing for you to connect with. The things you put in your body and the things that you digest and break down and poop out, that 
all depends on what you put in. So the second thing that we need to consider, and with my private clients, I really dig into stress because stress hormones trump the sex hormones, okay? And what I mean by that is when I look at the Dutch testing for my one-on-one clients, I'm able to see that the body is dealing with the need for cortisol first. And if there's not enough left over after it's dealt with all the stress in the body and the, the demand for cortisol, then it gets to the estrogen and progesterone and testosterone, which are the causes, the imbalance of those hormones are the causes for our symptoms. So if the body is prioritizing stress hormones, it never really can get to all of the healthy balance of the other things. So we talk about stress, things that really have helped me understand and manage my stress is is really understanding my triggers and what causes me anxiety, because it's not the same for me as it is for my husband, as it is for my best friend. My friend and I were recently on a trip and we were just driving down the highway, enjoying the beautiful scenery. And I became anxious and I became um, overwhelmed with paranoia. Like I thought we were going too fast. I thought we, you know, the guy that was passing us passed us too closely. We were too close to the guardrail. And so I was experiencing this high amount of anxiety. And when I mentioned it to my friend, she's smiling and singing the song because that those thoughts of anxiety didn't bother her in the same way. She, she didn't experience that. So for me, understanding the safety that is needed for my nervous system to feel good is really important for me to understand situations that stress me out. So for example, being in an airport, I know that causes me levels of high anxiety. Even if I've got enough time, even if the flights are fine, even if the weather's beautiful, like I just know being with the crowds and the and the lines and the um you know people in sm- a lot of people in small places, like those kinds of things cause me anxiety. So I know that that's going to happen. So I prepare myself by loading some soft, soothing music on my phone so that I can listen to that when I'm, when I know I'm going into a stressful situation. I can practice deep breathing. If you've ever done any, um, breathing, um, exercises or I used to be in the, um, breath work. There was a workshop that taught you the different breaths that you could do to calm your nervous system and to really switch from that stressed, um, fight, flight, or freeze to your rest and digest. Like there's certain breath work practices that you can do to flip that switch. Getting enough sleep is crucial in understanding your stress. And I know that this goes hand in hand with, I'm trying to sleep, but my body's not letting me and the insomnia that ensues. So that's a delicate balance of walking that line and trying to get your body into the restful state. And then the one of the greatest things that you can do to help with your rest is actually get exercise. Whether it's a walk with sunshine on your face and fresh air, or whether you live in a place that it rains every day, I've heard every single excuse in the book and I've written half of the book full of my own excuses. So I have been tracking my sleep for a few years now 
And I've noticed on the days that I take care of myself, I have a walk, I work out and I eat well, that my sleep goes off without a hitch. But on the days where life gets the best of me and I'm very anxious, maybe I hadn't slept the night before, maybe I'm drinking extra stimulants or alcohol or things that interrupt the way that my body my body has its natural processes, that's when I get the really poor sleep. So exercise is crucial in managing stress, but also allowing your body to expend energy in a way that will bring about sleep and bring about your body wanting to flip the switch. Okay. And the third way that we can really focus on estrogen dominance and getting more balanced. We don't want to be dominant in estrogen. We want the estrogen levels to be the appropriate level. We want progesterone to be the appropriate levels. All of our hormones, we want them to be at the right levels. That's why the term was coined of hormone balance or hormone imbalance, because it doesn't mean we all want them high or we all want them low, because as women, every day we go through different fluctuations every single day when we're ovulating when we're menstruating when we're in the follicular phase or when we're in the luteal phase we go through these phases and they're supposed to be different levels so making them in balance is really if you think about it i like to think of it as like a symphony when you have strings and you have the you know wind whatever they're called you know, you have the horns and the brass section and the drums and like you have all of these different ones and they come in strong at different times to make it all work. And then they back off at certain times to make it all work. So we're not going to dive in. And if your estrogen is high, we're not going to dive in and just make it low. Um, we're not going to just jump in if your progesterone's low and try to make it high because that's really just surface level band-aids right? Because we want your body to naturally want to balance it. That is why conventional strategy is medication or hormone replacement therapy, or just kind of jumping in, banging around and forcing your body to into synthetic balance. Okay. And that's just not the approach that I use because I don't think in the long run, that's going to help your body do it. So getting back to how to help yourself in eliminating this excess estrogen, this, this dominance of estrogen in your body is to take a really close look at the things that you are using and putting in your body because our environment disrupts our hormones like nothing else ever in history because we are inundated with so many chemicals on a day-to-day basis just by living our lives. Our cleaning products, right, have chemicals in them that get absorbed through our skin, our hands, our cosmetics. We, we are you know, putting things on our face, we're in our shampoo, are being absorbed through our skin. Getting fresh air circulated throughout your office or your house I used to work in an office once I had no window, which was very sad. 
And um, the, the second office I worked in had windows, but they wouldn't open. And so I found it very suffocating because I love the circulation of fresh air. I don't care what the temperature is. I mean, as long as it's not you know below freezing, I'm generally having a movement of air when I sleep, uh, when I work, um, in the car, I have the window just cracked because that circulation of fresh air helps reduce the toxins and it improves the air quality that you're breathing. And the last little piece of this is we all know that there have been tons of studies about plastics and plastics, let's face it, we have them in all aspects of our life. And if we can pay attention to the types of plastic that we're using for food storage, for um, supplements storage, think about it. You know, think about your medications are stored in plastic. Everything we touch is pretty much plastic or it's been transported in plastic. It's been wrapped in plastic. Plastic has its place in the world. Okay. I'm not going to deny that. But when we're heating up food, when we're storing food, the, the chemical breakdown of the plastic on the surface gets absorbed into the food or the products that we're using. So it's best to just be aware that this is happening. Just simply being aware of all of the things that I mentioned today is going to elevate the way that you walk through the, your life and the way that you approach your estrogen dominance, the way that you approach your hormone healing, and it's going to improve and promote overall well-being. As you transition through perimenopause into menopause and beyond, you're looking at the body being out of whack naturally. That's a natural transition, but it doesn't have to suck. That's the thing that a lot of women don't realize. They don't grasp the fact that it doesn't have to be painful and horrible and I have to be experiencing these things. Because as a functional medicine nutritionist, I can look at what is going on and we can plug and play with what needs to be happening. So when I work with one-on-one -on -one clients, I order what's called the Dutch testing which is testing that shows us your comprehensive hormone picture, not just a blood work sample where it's one and done, where things are high or things are low, or you're all in range, because that does not make sense to me. If we are dynamic women that have hormone fluctuations every single day since we were born, fluctuations throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the year, throughout pregnancy, throughout miscarriage, throughout all of the things that we go through, it fluctuates naturally. So to capture a snapshot in time, which is what blood work does, and to say you're fine or you're within range, it doesn't make sense because you're fine for what? You're within range for what? A menstruating woman, a, a perimenopausal woman, um, a woman who has had a hysterectomy. So by doing Dutch testing and getting a full health history, I can identify the reasons why your estrogen is dominant or your progesterone is low or your cortisol, your stress hormone is basically reduced to almost nothing, which is what happened to me. And I went through a very stressful period um, in the last year 
And then I, my circumstances changed and things got a lot, lot better. Then I did my testing and it came back and I expected everything to be fine because my circumstances were fine. But guess what? They weren't. I had basically flatlined to the point where I was making almost no cortisol anymore because I had completely burned out in overdrive during that stressful time. And I realized because I had the testing and I had the results in front of me that I wasn't done healing. I wasn't ready to jump into living a quote unquote normal load of, of stress in my life because I hadn't healed just because my circumstances changed and things were a lot better. It didn't mean that my body was ready. And I would never have known that if I wouldn't have seen it on the Dutch testing. I just kind of probably would have been questioning myself and saying, what's wrong with me? Why am I so tired all the time? I'm there's some like my body's broken. My metabolism has slowed. I gained a lot of weight. I had no energy. And that's where I find a lot of my one-on-one clients. That's where I find them. They are at a state of, I just can't do this anymore. It doesn't feel good. And everything I try stresses my body out even more, whether it's dieting, whether it's intermittent fasting, whether it's keto, low carb, everybody has come to me with a different strategy that has failed them because it has not addressed the fundamental issues of the hormone balance. That is what I specialize in. That is what I excel in finding for women. That is my zone of genius of identifying these things. And not only that, but once we identify them, we can figure out specifically what we can do in your life because the generic, oh, you know, start an exercise routine, sleep better, drink more water. Those are nice and they're true, but are they truly applicable to the life that you're living? That is where we are going to find growth and healing. If you think you have estrogen dominance, it might be time to set up a free call with me so that I can help you dig deeper into the details. I do a full health history so that I can see what has been affecting you for years and years and years. Once we identify the root causes, we're able to uncover what is going on and rebalance it so that you don't have to live in pain every day. You don't have to look forward to the next decade of not knowing what's going to happen and you're just going to have to turn to medication if if that's something that you choose to do that's perfectly fine but if you're looking for an alternative way where you can naturally balance and not feel these symptoms these heavy heavy symptoms of estrogen dominance it's time to get tested I hope this was helpful for you. I look forward to hearing your feedback because so many women have come to me and said that they are not being heard or seen when they're explaining this, these kinds of things to their doctors. I'm here for it and I'm here for you. I hope you have a great day. If you are interested in learning more about me, my practice and my programs, you can follow me on Instagram at your.hormone.nutritionist 
you can follow my Facebook group, Happy Hormones and Tamed Inflammation, or visit my website at nourishingnutrition.net. Check out my free resources by subscribing to my newsletter and following this podcast. See you next week for a brand new episode.